Hi, this is King and welcome to the Travel Eat Drink Podcast. If you've ever wondered about those restaurants where you dine completely in the dark and wonder how it's like, well, today you're in luck because I'm going to share highlights from my clubhouse discussion about dining in the dark in restaurants around the world. And it uh, can be quite an interesting experience. So stay tuned. And if you haven't already liked and subscribed, please do so. Thank you very much in advance and enjoy this discussion about dining in the dark. Welcome to the Travel, Eat, Drink podcast. Ready? Let's go. Just no matter how good you think the idea is, it's not that good. Um, but it's a very good experience um, and it's definitely worth it because it really flips your mind and and shows you a whole different world. So try this. We have in Switzerland a restaurant called the Black Cow, uh, the Blind Cow, the Blind, the Blind Cow. Um, and it's, as the name suggests, um, a restaurant set up in pure darkness. And there's only one booking in the evening. It's served by a fully blind crew member, crew staff, and who are very used to the whole darkness. Um, you're not, and you get really scared the moment you step in, and you advise to remove your glasses if you're wearing them because you're going to see anything anyway. So you'll be guided to your table by very, very, very well trained um, staff who knows their way around. Um, but you don't, and your entire meal will be done through exactly that. Um, of course, they will have catered to your needs and prepared a menu that is nothing crazy, so you don't get soup because you don't want to put your finger in your soup. And if you do get soup, it's mostly a cold type, like a ganache or something like that, uh, gazpacho or something like that. Sorry, ganache is chocolate. I'm I'm looking at chocolate. That's why. Sorry. Um, and yeah, so it's interesting to learn how to eat again because. You've learned the importance about eating with one finger, touching your food with a fork and stuff like that, because you kind of know where in the meat are you cutting, or if you're cutting things up, are you scooping things up, how are you scooping things up, and the importance of your server telling you what food are you eating, because then you know whether you need the fork to be down, facing down or up, are you scooping, are you poking, are you slicing, and it really makes you grateful for having the site because so much things we take, for, we take it for granted. And the last thing I want to say is this. Um, make sure you don't wear white color stuff because it doesn't come out white anymore. And make sure you really have a lot of fun and go with good friends because when you have a drunk and you're trying to find your food, a first date is not actually the ideal thing. So unless, unless, this is my lesson learned. I hope it helps you too. Back to you, King. Awesome, Sebastian. I love that you brought that up because we actually, there's, there's a place in Toronto here where I am right now that also does the same thing. It's called Eau Noir. But I know that in New York, there's a similar thing where you're dining completely in the dark. And it's quite shocking, actually, how dark it really is because you, it, I mean, it, you're in complete pitch darkness. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. But it's definitely an interesting experience. That actually, the first time I went there, I, I was on a date. So it's funny that you're, you did mention, don't go there on a date. I think it's fun but I guess it depends on how how adventurous your date is. And although the one warning I will also say, because also I found this out as well, is if you're claustrophobic, don't 
you might want to think twice about going or at least be prepared for that, depending on how <laughs> big it is. Because, yeah, being in complete darkness apparently mimics the fa- feelings of, be, uh, of you know, being in a very tight, tiny spot, yes. as my date found out unexpectedly. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, girl. otherwise it's... Yeah, it, I, I felt so bad, but th- thank God that wasn't our first date. So then it was okay. But she managed to calm down after a little bit. But for a moment, yeah, just as we stepped into the dining room, suddenly, because you're, because you, to go into the, the restaurant, because your waiter lead, leads you in. And so you put your hand on the waiter's shoulder, and then anyone behind you does the same thing. They put the hand on the shoulder thing. And so suddenly I just felt this like death grip of <laughs> I was like what, what just happened <laughs> so yeah it was interesting but it was oh, and after a while I also just kind of gave up using like trying to use the utensils to eat because you can't find your food and you so we just ended up using our hands so. but it's dark so no one can see it. it's fine so if ever anyone is dining in the dark I suggest use your hands and don't bring anyone who's claustrophobic as yeah and it is fun in the fact that you're, the dining room is completely just pitch darkness. You can't see a single thing. And so you rely on your other senses to get through your meal. And from there, I guess you can imagine people start using their imaginations. So that's all I'll say about that. So Simona, have you ever had an experience at a dine in the dark restaurant? Or just if the power just yes, went off in I your have. house? No, oh, and- even better. Actually, I have I have blind friends, so I was hosting them. And I asked them, like, what is it like? Because for you guys, it's always like dining in the dark. And they had some really interesting inputs, which uh, taught me, one, about not taking my eyesight for granted. And two, that I'm a dumbass who relies on my eyes for everything. So I don't really use my other senses as much. So I should also stop paying attention to that. And I think it's like the reason why we shut our eyes when we're eating something really delicious. It's because we want to we wanna remove one sensory input so that we can focus on the other things, right? Because otherwise we get distracted. And while we do eat with our eyes, uh, for me, I I need to work on presentation and all of those things, but I feel like texture and the layering of flavors and how they balance the contrast, all those things are so important that just how a dish looks doesn't need to be that important. And for, uh, I think the dining in the dark, that is that is supposed to be the, the core for that concept. So I love the concept. But yeah, my blind friends taught me a lot more than any fancy restaurant doing this as a gimmick could. For but sure. This and... is so interesting. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'll make it quick. It's so interesting you say that because we do close our eyes when we are like trying to savor something really nice. And I'm trying to figure out why. And the only reason I can come up with this is that I do it because I want to commit that memory in my head. I want to just like, every time I close my eyes again in the future, I want to, I want to see that food in my head. So I close my eyes and I commit it to my memory. And that's what I do. That's why I do it. And do, 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 you, do other people do it too? Is, is, that, is that how it goes? Yeah, oh, you I know what? I close, my, I close my eyes as well, but usually it's because I'm savoring the taste and I want to... Um, focus on the taste as opposed to sight. I have one more theory. This is Simona speaking. And that is that uh, if you're food gasming, I don't know a single person who orgasms with their eyes open. So just saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we could take a poll. I mean, uh, and, uh... No, we're not, we're not, we're not. <laughs> I'm in a public shop for them. For God's yeah. sake. 
yes. So, well, one thing I will, uh, I'll, I'll try to clean it up a little bit here because I know that's always my job. I'm usually the responsible one. And so I will say that I'm glad Kidding. that like all the waiters are, were blind at the establishment I went to. And that's one of the ways that they provide them with a, you know, a, a way of employment as well. Cause sometimes with disabilities, it is a little bit tricky, but I know some other places that don't do that. They'll use like goggles or something. And uh, so they'll do it that way. And, uh, but with also the place I was at, they also gave you the option of you could either order whatever you wanted or go with a surprise menu where they basically just bring you whatever you like and then you have to guess as to what it is you're eating and i was actually i went with the guess let's go crazy menu but i was actually surprised how difficult it actually was without being able to see the food to properly identify it and so when it's just like taste and smell so it just yeah it's shocking how much you rely on your vision to identify things even though the, they didn't serve as anything crazy. It was very conventional in terms of the the dishes, but it was there was definitely a few things like even to identify a mushroom. Like it, it took a little longer than expected to even identify like a mushroom just because I couldn't see it. I could only taste it. So, Simona, did you did you find that you were able to identify, or, or Sebastian, did you guys find it was difficult to identify things, or did you know exactly what you're eating? Um, well, I. Wait, wait. Simona, go ahead. Okay, I don't go see. Ahead. Why don't I? I don't see her at all. She's not on the stage with me. Of What's course I am. Phone? I'm not omnipotent and omnipresent. I mean, maybe I am, but okay. Oh, I didn't so I, I want to say that. <laughs> yeah, there I am. Um, I do. Um, I did find that yes, of course, the the tastes were interesting. I had to pay more attention. But I do feel that for me, navigating the plate, like obviously cutlery was out of the question. So we all just were using our hands and it got a bit, <laughs> it got a bit messy. But also I realized that, you know, all that fancy garnishing and the plating that we do or that chefs do for, um, you know, Instagram mainly, but also just to, to justify paying all those dollars or rupees for that very tiny portion of the plate. But so much of it is so useless when you're when you can't see and then at that time to like understanding what gets dipped in what and what gets rolled or unwrapped and that became the fun part and i think uh for me like you know just sim something as simple as um you you feeling the bumps and and the end of the spring roll and you're like oh yeah and then you squish it a little and it makes a crunchy sound and you're like oh yeah this is this is something i'm not supposed to unwrap and then the oh my god i don't i'm keeping it clean and then there were other things like um which had like a mousse and a cracker underneath and you picked it up obviously and went splotch with the with the and then the mousse got squished and they're like damn it i shouldn't have done that so mm -hmm. yeah then you're feeling around the plate and using the cracker to scrape up the mousse it was so neanderthal and i'm pretty sure that if anyone could see us uh it was just like children with crayons, you know, like really, really high adrenaline, just eaten 10,000 donuts children. And we were just having a blast. We were licking our fingers. It was, we did need napkins. We needed the napkins to be replaced. We needed those little, you know, crab bibs because yeah, we made a mess. So that was the, I think the fun part, but again, all those things about the plating and the garnish and the sauces and the little droplets, all that bullshit went out the window and i i think that was a good thing Ten first bucks i just anyone... have to say sorry first i just have to say uh, so many jokes and all of them inappropriate just like in uh, my kebab room 
But the other thing I wanted to say that was actually more serious is we always hear this, especially um, as foodies, um, as chefs, um, as home cooks, we eat first with our eyes. And I have never questioned that, except it's not true for everyone. And that is very interesting. And um, it's some, it's just something to think about as well. So I'm so glad, I don't know who, did, Seb, if you brought this up first or King did, but this is a very interesting concept. If only to, um, pun intended, open our eyes to our other senses <laughs> and how other people live. So uh, bravo. I don't know how you guys live, but um, I, I'm, I, I got nothing clean. Not one word was clean in my head <laughs> when Simona was going on and on nonstop. There's, there's nothing clean. It was nothing came, came in my head. Nothing. And your, I thought it was amazing. Your she mind. could go on. She, she could go on for so <laughs> long without to... even stopping. Uh, I think it's amazing. But the thing is, coming back to the more serious topic that like we try, like we try so hard to until the next person opened their mouths, is this: we say we don't eat with the eyes, but Get, go to one of these high-end restaurants because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to save the jobs of all the chefs out there, you know? Um, and get one of those... Go, go, to a, go to a one Michelin star place. Those are the worst... That I, those are the worst places to go to, I think. Because, in a sense... Let me finish. Because they, they, they screw up your mind. They'll tell you it's a mushroom with, with, with cheese or with ham or whatever. But the mushroom doesn't look like a mushroom. The ham doesn't look like the ham. You can taste the chicken, but you cannot taste it, but you cannot see it. And it's all mixed up and it's meant that way because it's the art of making it. And so you do eat with your eyes in the sense that try putting one of those delicious, yummy looking plates of food in, in front of you and do not touch it. Just don't touch it. Let's see how long you can, you can hang on there. That's how you eat with your eyes. <laughs> Once again, I agree when Simona was speaking there, I definitely was thinking other things. And it was Sebastian who brought this topic up because I had completely imagined this conversation to be going in a very different way. But I love the whole sort of dining in a dark concept because I thought it was more widespread than this, but I didn't realize that it has to make its way around the world. And it just it does make you sort of think about so many different things because we rely on our, our eyes so much and our other senses are barely there half the time. And because we just rely on this one crutch that we have. And I know that definitely it was harder eating the colder foods than it was anything that was warmer in terms of identifying what it was. Maybe just because I guess when foods are warmed up, the flavors come out more and there's more. I, actually, that, that makes sense. There's more flavors on your tongue. There's more <laughs> uh, <laughs> aromatics. Uh, oh, I know. I, I see myself going down. The, you tried so hard. You tried so hard. <laughs> I tried. Yes, the ar aromatics come out a little bit more. <laughs> like more. Anyways, I'm still going down. I, I, I'm going to die on this sword. So it's. But that in itself was something very interesting to me because I wasn't expecting that. The only sad part about the the evening was that because you can't see anything i accidentally knocked over my glass of wine and that was tragic the the wine was sacrificed so that's an important thing too so make sure that you know where your beverage is ideally put it a little bit outside of your zone of terror so that you don't 
accidentally knock it over i was gonna ask like where do we find these so there's there is a website called dining in the dark and you can actually put in your location and then they will tell you uh different restaurants where they do this yeah well i have never dined in the dark and i just looked it up and there is a restaurant in london and there's a few actually but what made me chuckle was somebody had asked in the comments what is the dress code I thought, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to add that. Naked, <laughs> naked. You, of course not. Well, you <laughs> couldn't see, and you're going to spill your wine. <laughs> and the poor waiter has to clean up for you. Can you imagine them dabbing at you without your clothes on? Ew. Um, see if them, see if them, they won't be it, hard enough. Don't make them. It also said that it's one of the hardest rest to book. <laughs> I wonder why. I have never been. And I've lived in London a long time. Not now, but I did before. Yeah, don't wear anything that stains easily. That's <laughs> all I'll say about that. And be comfortable. And of course, be comfortable. What did you do when you had to go to the bathroom? Do you have to call the waiter over to take you? <laughs> like to, I mean, cause you couldn't get there by yourself. <laughs> It's dark. No one will know. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. So you do have to go. You just let your waiter know and they'll come and take you out because in the outside area, it's dimly lit. So you can see when you're moving around the bar area, the, the bathrooms obviously are lit, hopefully. And so, yes, you just, fly, you just let the waiter know and they'll take you to and from. I didn't Victoria? hear what you said earlier. But um, I imagine, well, I know it must sharpen your senses. So I would think you can hear very much more what other people are saying, their conversations. So I think you would have to be very careful. You almost would have to with That's my thought. Ooh, but then it would be a good place to go if you're a writer because then you can eavesdrop without anybody seeing you and you could be, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but that's what I, but I do that. I mean, obviously not in the dark, <laughs> but uh, when I'm out somewhere, if somebody's talking loud, I'm going to listen to be like, oh, I've got to use that in some dialogue because that was pretty funny. I, I'm trying to remember and I'm, you, you can definitely hear people. And as you said, just because you're not seeing anything, you are paying attention a little bit more, but I think. The other thing too was that I just I think I was distracted by my own and my own noises in terms of trying to find the food on a plate because originally I tried to or we tried to actually use the utensils, but unfortunately you just end up clanking against the plate because you you don't know where everything is, and so there was a lot of that that there's a lot of that noise in amongst the the other patrons as well as everyone tries to find their food, and then there's less of it because I think everyone eventually just did what we did and just gave up and said, screw it, it's dark, we're just gonna eat with our heads because we don't know where everything is. And and the only other thing, I don't know if you're in the room, Victoria, when I mentioned earlier, is I just found it difficult it was more difficult than I expected to identify the food just based on the texture and the taste and especially the foods that were served cold, like in, in a salad or something like that, that I had a little bit more difficulty identifying those foods over the, the ones that were served warm. <clears throat> That's so interesting. And I also wonder if it makes you eat slower because we often gobble our food so fast that we don't really enjoy the flavors and the textures. Uh, another thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I would say you do end up eating slower just because you're trying to identify the the food. The other thing is obviously since you can't see, you don't want to stab yourself in the face with a fork, and you'll be a little bit uh, more careful and maneuver that. But but yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know where your mouth is, and you know where your hand. Is. I mean, I don't know. That seems interesting to me. The other thing too that I was wondering is how did the how was conversation at the table because. The other thing that you're missing is is body language and facial expressions. Yes, the well, first first thing I will say is, at some point when it's safe, try to put something into your mouth with a fork while your eyes are closed. It's um, it's stranger <laughs> than you than you would expect. But to get get your mind out of the gutter, anyways. But that's step one. Step two: the conversation. Inevitably, most of the conversation, at least in the beginning, is centered around this crazy experience you're having. So there, so all all the initial conversations are about, oh my god, like it's, I can't even see my hand, and can you see my hand? And you know, you have to be careful not to accidentally poke your uh, your friends in the face. I mean, in the eyes. And uh, so there's a lot of that silliness going on. And then when the food arrives, you're trying to figure out what things are. And so there's a lot of discussion around that. You're making new friends with people, and you don't know if they're next to you in the room or on the other side of the room. Well, I guess you know a little bit from distance, but you don't really truly know exactly where they're located. And so there's a lot of that kind of silliness that happens as well. So most of the conversation is framed, and the subject is already determined. And then after that, there's other things once you run out of those things to talk about. 